thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Great to see everybody. We're in week two of our series called Book of Prayers. More on that in just a moment. Um, But are you enjoying 21 days of prayer? Is that going well for you? I'm so uh, impressed and grateful. Uh, God's doing a great thing, and I love uh, just hearing some of the stories about everybody jumping all in on spending uh, time alone with God each day. So in these 21 days, uh, last week I talked a little bit about a way to spend time alone with God, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that again this week. And I really believe at my core uh, that there's multiple ways. There's lots of different ways. So every time that I share a way to spend time with God, I'm not saying it's the way, and I just want to encourage you on that um, so that uh, you'll continue in the way that, let's bring this down just a little bit, guys. Sound guys, audio team, can we bring this down just a little bit? It's, a, it's, a, it's real loud. I, I'm not sure we'll make it through if we go that loud all day. Um, there you go. And so, uh, but I just want to encourage you with that. Just want to encourage you that, um, that there's, there's lots of different ways. And so I've had some conversations this week as I've, which has been delightful for me to be able to have conversations. It means that you're listening. Thank you so much. That's so great. Uh, but, but I want to really highlight that. And so anyway, last week we did Pray Like Moses. Uh, we have somebody that's coming up today. We'll, we'll, we'll get on that in just a second. Um, before that, I just want to uh, highlight the Flourish uh, event that's coming up on September 10. If you want to make sure and register for that, uh, space is limited. And so uh, make sure, ladies, and register. Uh, that's going to be a great time. Nathan highlighted it a moment ago, but um, we do every, every fall and every spring, we, uh, we go into a, what we call a semester, which is just a season where we do small groups. And the idea is we'd like everybody to jump into a small group, but it has an ending date. So you don't jump into a small group and remain in it forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, there is an end date. And then our, our dream is that you would take a step the next semester and either take, go into a small group that will help you grow spiritually even more or differently, or to step into leading a small group. And so uh, I just want to encourage you. I know everybody's in a different place in terms of the small group idea. Many people uh, have tried uh, before and then decided, oh, it's not for them. Uh, I just want to invite you to think about uh, being in valued relationships. And so to jump into a small group, we will be uh, doing small group training next Sunday. And it's a significant moment where I think some of you could be, respond to that desire to make disciples. And this is a great step um, if you're willing to do that. So put that on your calendar for next week if you're able to jump in and join us uh, in that small group training. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for all of you. That, how many of you have led a small group before? Just curious. You've led a small group before? Okay, there we go. All right. Uh, you are enlisted. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I'd love to encourage you to pray about um, leading one again and jumping all in. I say that about praying and all of us are called to make disciples. So anyway, wherever you're making disciples, this, this could be a great opportunity. And then also want to just highlight September 18th. Uh, September 18th is what we're calling homecoming. Um, and so we did a series and, and in the spring and the whole idea was to challenge you um, to begin praying through who are some of the people that you know that, um, that you could make a difference in helping them come to know Jesus. And so obviously God's the one at work, but he does work through you. And so um, we, we talked about that we would have in the fall a day, a Sunday that we're calling Homecoming Sunday. 
And my hope is that you would be praying through uh, all throughout the summer, uh, somebody to bring on that Sunday, and then that we will give an opportunity for them to give their life to Jesus on that day. And so I just want to encourage you, if you uh, can kind of put that day on your calendar, think about that, and then make that invitation for September 18th. That will be significant, uh, and that's going to be a great Sunday. So anyways, that on your radar? You got it? If you love Jesus, say, I do. If you're happy to be here, say, I am. All right, so good. Hey, wasn't the worship team phenomenal today? That was so good. There it is. All right. Hey, uh, okay, today, uh, last week, we did Pray Like Moses, all right? Pray Like Moses. And so we, we looked at Moses and his prayer life. Of course, there's a ton of content on Moses, and so uh, we, we actually were able to span a lot of years there. We're going to go into one moment today uh, in the life of, you ready? Drum roll. Here we go. Ba 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 ba. We're going to do Pray Like Hannah today. Pray Like Hannah. All right, so 1 Samuel chapter 1. I want to look at this story. It's 20 verses long, so it's a lot of Bible. So get ready. Here we go. Pull out your iPads or your Bibles or look at the screen behind me uh, because it's, it's long and there's a lot of names that I may mess up. Here we go. Uh, there was a certain man from Ramathium, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jerome, the son of Eluhu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth. And an Ephraimite. Uh, he had two wives. One was called Hannah, and the other Penina. Penina. Penina had children. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. And year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, with Hophni and Phineas, the two sons of Eli, with priests of the Lord. And whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. When Hannah went up from the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. And her husband, Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? Once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put your wine away. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in our eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. And verse 19, early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love with his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. 
Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Lord Jesus, we come before you today and we really do want to be people that pray. As we gather as a congregation to pray, we want that to mark our lives. In our families, we want to be families that pray. In our marriages, we want to have marriages that pray. God, as we get alone with you, we want to be people that authentically pray. May it not be said of us that we did a lot of religious ceremonies and things, but we didn't pray much in secret. And I pray, Lord, that the prayer lives of every person at Radiant Church would continue to grow. I ask, Lord Jesus, that whatever pain, difficulty, heartache, fear, bitterness, rage, resentment, disgust, whatever's going on in the hearts of people, God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would be able to take it to you. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that even this week, Lord, there would be healing and there would be miracles. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as you're spending time alone with God, uh, I think one of the questions that often comes up is, what do I say? And I was saying this just a minute ago uh, because I know that last week I talked about a prayer journal and I like a prayer journal. And so uh, I'm talking to you about prayer journals, but I, I like other things. I, I like to pray when I'm in my car. Um, that's one of the ways it's just kind of shut everything off and be, it's kind of an easy moment to be alone with God. But specifically, as you're alone with him, there's, there's different ways, there's different things that you could pray. And a lot of times uh, when, I've, when I've talked with people about the challenge of prayer, that oftentimes it's, it's, it's what do I say? What, what do I talk about? What, what should I pray? And I was thinking about this, this lady, Hannah. Here we have 20 verses, and I know I read a lot right there. But if you want to look at the content of what she brings to God, I think many of us could take even kind of that Hannah model and just look at what she brought to God. Because the first thing that we see Hannah bringing to God straight up is her pain. Like, like Hannah prays the pain of what she's walking through. Hannah's going through this scenario where this, this idea of being barren is, I mean, thousands of years ago, different part of the, of the world, in a different country, different language, different time. So for us, we might think mostly on an emotional sense. Maybe she would want the, uh, the relationship with children and the thrill, the enjoyment of, of having children. And, and that would be true, but there's, there's an element to it that's, that's in addition to that, that's different than that. In that, in that culture, this was a culture where you, for, for her to be barren was a social stigma. It was painful socially. And so that's why she's, 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 she's got pain, not just in the place of barrenness, but there's, there's actually people all around her that are adding to the pain. Like when we look at Penina right there, she's, she's making fun. She's, she's mocking. She's irritating. She's bringing pain to Hannah. And then I don't know about you, but even as I was just reading that about her husband and her husband says to her, hey, um, aren't I as good as 10 sons? Now, I'm not an expert on <laughs> that time, that culture, but I'm just picturing your, your wife is weeping bitterly and in anguish. And to me, I just read it and it feels like, uh, this is a little tricky to say this. I hope this guy doesn't, you know, mock me one day and tell me what I'm missing. But it just looks to me like he's not very sensitive. It's just kind of got like, like, I don't know, King of Queens on it. Like, I, like, like I'm not good enough. Like, can I not bring, it just seems like he's a little bit, he, he's, not, he's, he's not bringing the empathy that she needs. Yeah. Certainly a little bit of pain in that her husband doesn't have empathy for her needs. And then even when she goes to the temple and you've got Eli, 
And Eli, here she is pouring out her heart to God. And we know that this will end up being one of the great prayers in the word of God, that God's going to end up answering this prayer, that God is going to actually remember this prayer, count this prayer as valuable. But Eli looks at her and says she's drunk. So, so just the people in her world, I would say, are increasing the pre-existing pain. Like there's already hurt. There's already pain. And she's got people in her life. That are, that are adding to that. And here she is. And in this culture, for her to say that she's going to pour out her heart to God, she's, she's in the scenario where she already has um, not just the people that are hurting her, the real pain of barrenness. But in that culture, if you were able to have children, it was a way that you were able to grow wealth. You would have children that would help you survive. Truth be told, there was no kind of retirement like we would think of it today. So in that culture, if you didn't have children, it's possible that you might starve to death because you wouldn't have people that were there to take care of you in your old age. And so to have children was a place of dignity and to have no children was a place of pain. And so in this, we find Hannah experiencing much pain. And one of the beautiful parts 1 Samuel 1 is, is the way that Hannah takes it to God. She pours out her prayer in her pain to God. And I want to invite you just to think today, you might look at the bareness in your own life a little bit differently. Her story might not be physiologically the same as yours, but you could look at what is the place of pain? What's the place of barrenness? What's the place of hurt? Disappointment? And if you could look at that, that might be the gateway into a prayer life that you would find meaningful and enjoyable. Like if you'll take that place of pain, that place that you look at in your life and, and, and your temptation, just like mine, is not to pour out your soul in anguish to God. Your temptation is to pour out your soul first to somebody else. Hey, I'm feeling the anguish. So you could name the disappointment that you feel. You could name the area in your life that you're hurting, the pain. And it could be physical pain. It could be emotional pain. It could be relational pain. It could be financial pain. And the temptation is not to take it first to God, not to go and pour out your soul like Hannah did. The temptation is to just take it to a friend. Mm, pull up that cell phone. Or experience the pain, pull out, text somebody. And I know in my own life, the people that if I want to substitute prayer for just talk, I know the dudes to call. Like I know the guys that I would, I would be tempted when I haven't prayed through, when I haven't taken it to God. I know the people that I, I know that the people that I would call and you probably have that too. Sometimes it's maybe not even pouring out anguish to another person on the phone or texting them. I think sometimes in our age, it's to create an anonymous post about the way that the world is and then give your opinion. So you don't take it to God and you don't take it to a friend. You just go ahead and tell the whole world and you keep it anonymous enough and don't give the specifics so that you can, mm. but that, that burden, that anguish right there, that, that's something that is, if you'll take that and leverage it and instead of taking that anguish, which all of us experience, and if you'll take that and instead of taking it to a peer, Instead of taking it and just posting it and thinking, that's how we'll settle everything. 
That'll fix the world. I'll just pour out my pain on Facebook, keep it anonymous, not, not name my own situation, but just give a philosophical idea. And you and I know that no matter how much you poured out in the absence of prayer, but to others, to the internet, in a text, sometimes, sometimes you'll even just take it and say, ooh, I'm the kind of person that just speaks my mind. So you know what? I'm not a fake. I tell people what I think. And then instead of telling God what you think, you go and tell other people and give yourself some self-righteousness for saying, mm, that's, that's my personality. So instead of taking it to the internet, instead of taking it to friends, or instead of just saying, mm, this is my personality, I'm gonna go take it and beat somebody up with it and, and kind of give myself kind of a false sense of that I am uh, right in doing so. Any of those things, talking to a friend, maybe posting an idea online, or even confronting somebody, all of those things might be a good second step, but they're never the good first step. The first step is you pour out your soul like Hannah in prayer, and you come before God. And I just want to invite you that you may think, I don't even know how to pray. Listen, find what's your pain point. What's the place of barrenness in your life? What's the place where you're tempted to just carry pain? And you have a father, you have a God that he loves to hear the prayers of his friends, of the saints. And that pain point could be the gateway. It could be a starting point for your prayer life to be powerful. And here's Hannah. She comes before God. She's pouring out her soul. And this prayer that she prays where she says, I'll give you the boy. If you'll, I'll if you'll give me a child, I'll give it back. Sometimes we hear that and we would think, oh, this is kind of like uh, maybe bargaining. You know, this is like a fantasy football trade. You know, like you give me this and I'll give you this. But if you go down deep into the motive, and when she says a razor will never cut his head, what she's saying is he'll be a Nazarite. And that would have been somebody who worked with the priests. So not a Levite, which would have been the priests, but a voluntary person to work in the temple. And they weren't allowed to go around dead people. They weren't allowed to cut their hair. They weren't allowed to drink. And she's giving up her son. She's saying, if you'll give me, then I'll give to you. If you'll give me the child, I'll give it back. And I want you to just see in this prayer, this is actually a beautiful prayer. Because this, in the, in the place of pain, is saying, God, if you'll give, then I'll give. This is actually all through the scriptures. It's a, it's a great desire that says, I, I, if, if you'll bless me, I'll be a blessing. If you'll, if you'll give, I'll take what you give. And it's, it's got the purpose of, of God in it. So if he becomes a Nazarite, he no longer has the capacity to help her in her old age. If he is taken to the temple as a Nazarite, he no longer has the potential to help her gain wealth. If he's taken to the temple, no longer does he gain status for her family. Here's what she's saying. You give to me this gift and I'll give it all back. Which this is what we do with our children every time we dedicate them. God, this child is a gift and I give it back. It's not mine, it's yours. This family, a gift. Children, a gift from the Lord, I'll give it back. This is what we do with all of our finance. It's not my salary. No, you gave me. Remember last week, 
God said to Moses, who gave you a mouth to speak? Who gave you? No, no, God, you gave me gifts and skills and talents. You gave me the ability to earn income. You gave me this, whatever you are able to do. And so it's not mine. Every dollar that I have, it goes back to you. It's all yours. God, you gave me these years. You gave me these days. So of course I come and I worship in the congregation on a Sunday. It's not about my emotions. Do I give my first and my best? Just like I give my first and my best of my income, I give my first and my best of my week. And God, it's a way of coming back to God and saying, all right, you, what you've given to me, now I gladly, with gratitude and delight, I give back. It's the purpose of God. It's it's. At its root, it's, it's theological. At its root, it's saying, God, and I think this is one, I, I, I'd encourage you, this is a fun way to pray because this, this actually starts to take some of the idols out of your life. Because when you start to write in there and say, hey, God, all that I have is yours. So God, if you'll give, so then you could take in, in your moments at, at your job where you're like, hey, I, I, I'd like that, um, that career. Or maybe I'd like to get that raise or I'd like to get... Um, uh, um, I'd like to, or, or health. God, I'd like, I'd like to be healed. What you do is you come before God and you say, God, I'm asking for this miracle. And if you'll give that miracle, I'll give. God, and, 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 and it's easy to look at it and say, oh man, no, that's, that's, that's so centered around you. No, no, no. You've come through and you do what you said to God you would do. And you start to think, wow, God loves to pour out blessing on the people that actually give back to him. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and so the, the idols that you kind of get free from the idolatry of the age because you're like, hey, this, this body was never mine anyway. God, this family was never mine anyway. This, this, these gifts, skills, and talents that you've given me, they, they all belong to you anyway. So, so God, if you'll give me that promotion, hey, I'll use it for your glory. Hey, God, if you'll give me that vehicle. So that's why, I mean, a lot of us will say things like, God, if you'll give me this house, if we could just get in this house, then we'll use it for your kingdom. I just want to invite you to ask the question, are you doing that? Or have you switched it? Oh, we got it. High five your bride. What's up? We got it. Or can you use, is there a way that you could use whatever God's given you, your family, your job, your skills, your gifts, your talents, your singing, whatever he's given you, and just say, okay, 100%. It's, I mean, if you think about what this boy Samuel meant to Hannah, and here he says, she says, I'll give you back. Here's my, emotionally, here's, here's the boy I've been praying for. Financially, here's my retirement. <laughs> um, Maybe even socially in that culture where to have children was a sign of strength and to have no children was a sign of weakness. Here's my boy. He's your boy. He's a gift. I, I, I just, I'll just tell you this is vulnerable, but for me, this was actually a prayer that I prayed um, when my dad was in the hospital. So many of you know the story about uh, my dad being healed, but I just... I, I actually prayed to God. I just said, God, if you will heal my dad. And I don't know, like, I don't know why I prayed this. Like, you could have prayed anything, you know, but God will give this or give that. But here's what I said. God, if you'll heal my dad, I will tell the story that you're a healer all my life. 
if you'll heal my dad, I mean, never again will I go on like, I'm not really sure if God heals. I'm not sure if God's doing miracles today. I will become the heralder of God being a miracle worker. And so some of you, some of you know that because around this church, it's like, there's a series on it. Then we made a video about it. David can't go a sermon without talking about it. I took Olivia with me uh, to go speak recently at another church and we were gone during the week. And uh, she, she, she started looking at my outline on her iPad and she goes, wow, dad, you've gone from being the prayer preacher to the miracle preacher. <laughs> but here's, here's what happened. This week I was in Dallas and I just told the story again. And I told the pastor there, I was like, I know that you probably want me to break down Luke 18 or something, but let me just tell you, I've got a story about what God has done. And it's just keeping that, Amen. keeping that. Okay, God, cause God did. He healed my dad. And I'm telling you, you want to talk about some extra spice in my prayer life? It's like, all right, what do you want to do now? Let's bring the barrenness. Let's bring the pain. God, if you'll give, I'll give. This is what we're doing with our building right now. What building? We don't have one. <laughs> but this is the very prayer that we're praying. Hey, God, if you'll give, we'll give. We'll see the next generation see God. We'll have prayer meetings. We'll raise up people that care about the nations and unreached people to know God. We will not play church. We will be an authentic group of disciples that give everything to you. God, if you'll give this space, if you'll give a miracle building, God, just watch. We'll cry out to God on Wednesday nights. We'll seek God in 21 days of prayer. We'll be a people of fasting. We'll seek you. We'll seek you first. And all these things we added, we'll be a people of God. We'll give. God will be a light. We'll be a radiant light. And right now we're living in that meantime where we know he's going to give. We don't know exactly all the details yet, but we got faith. We know it's that story. So you don't know what to pray. Well, Hey, I got a prayer request for you. Just put that in there, baby. God, I just add that every day. Mm. Circle it, circle it, circle it, circle. And that's one of my overseers, uh, Les Beecham. He, he sends me, uh, text pictures of the things that he prays for, for our church. And so he's got miracle building circled. And then it's kind of the, the circle maker uh, by Mark Batterson, where it says you circle it every time. So every time he prays it, he circles it. And he just sent me a picture of, of praying radiance, miracle building. And it's like a deep, deep <laughs> ink stain on, in his prayer journal. So you could, take, you could take Hannah's prayer and you could just let, let it be the purposes of God. Okay? And at its core, it's Hannah saying, I've got... I've got you in mind. I'm going to, and, and this goes, this is all through the Old Testament because this is, this is actually the promise to Israel. This is Abraham. This is, I'll bless you to be a blessing. So the reason why I bless the people of God is that they would make a difference, that they would be a blessing, that they would care about their city, that they would care about the nations, that they would care about the next generation, that they would and so, and so Hannah's got that. She says, I'll give what you've given and I won't hoard it. I won't keep, I just, it's not for me. It's for you. I give it back to God. So David, he talks this way. Remember when he's standing before Goliath and I just love the moment where he says, and all nations will know, 1 Samuel 17, there is a God in Israel. Motive. It's not, hey, 
I'll cut off Goliath's head and I'll show everybody that I am the shepherd boy that became an awesome, heroic success. Was a post myself. Right? No. Here's the motive. Mm, there's a God in Israel and all nations will know. That's why God bless Solomon. We like that prayer. Solomon, I'll give you, you know, whatever you want. And we go, oh, it's great. He, he prayed for wisdom. And that's true. But if you keep going, he gives the why. Why is he? That I might lead God's people well. Give me wisdom that I might lead well, that I might be a blessing. So you can just take that God-centric prayer, get the purposes of God all, all filled up inside of your heart, and you'll just, you'll, you'll, it, it becomes a delight. God, whatever you give. And you know, I'm not, I'm not doing it so that I could get my, 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 celebrated that I be Goliath. I'm not doing it so that I can be king and everybody can think that I'm wise. And one day I'm going to, you know, have a moment where I don't, you know, really chop the baby in half, but everybody thinks I'm so wise. If it becomes about you, it's a nightmare. If it becomes about you, then you're leveraging and trying to use God as a means for your own fame or your own comfort or your own you. But if you keep it God-centric, if you keep it the purposes of God, God, if you'll give, I'll give. If you'll bless, I'll pour out my life, finance, family, friends, influence, whatever. I'll pour it all back out to you. So I was just thinking about this idea and wondering what are, I, I was, I, whenever you go to preach something, you have to get really honest with God about <laughs> your own life. It's actually hard because it's easy to preach things. It's hard to live things. But just, I was just getting before the Lord this week about what are the things in my life where I've been like, God, because God's blessed me. I mean, I have no idea why the most amazing woman in the world wanted to go out with the guy that looked like the lollipop gang from Wizard of Oz, but she did. And I know the day that I prayed a prayer where I said, oh God, if you'll just give me her, I'll, I'll go to the nations. I'll, you know, I'll whatever it takes. All right. I, 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 I think I've prayed this prayer a lot of times. Like, oh God, oh God. And it's just blessing after blessing after blessing. And here's the thing. You come back before God and you just go, God, I want to keep the prayers that I prayed. Here's Samuel. Here's my life. I'll go to Africa. I'll, I'll do what you, whatever. I'll obey. I'll give you everything. And I was just thinking that there might be some prayers that if you were to come back in your history... Like the one that I prayed about my dad or when, that, that you prayed about something. There's, some, there's, there's possibly some obedient steps that God's got for you to still do. And then it's a fun one here because just verse 17, go in peace. Eli answered, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way, ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. This is just a fun one because in this one we see that she has peace before she receives the promise. She has peace before she ever gets her boy. She has peace with God before her circumstance is changed. That's one of the most delightful things in prayer. She's, she just says, all right, I trust you. And I think this is a beautiful place to get. We, we want to be people that ask God and believe that our prayers change the world. 
And at the same time, dualistically behold, and God, I trust you no matter the circumstance. Whatever happens, I trust you. And this is where Hannah gets, where she's just, she has peace. And God, I trust you with the rest of it. Doesn't mean that you stop praying, but you've got peace in your heart. This is, this is 1 Peter 5. This is, this is Philippians 4, 6. This is the same idea over and over again where we have the peace of God that transcends all understanding after we pray. So on the other side of prayer, there's peace. This is why sometimes you'll get around, you ever get around the people that um, they get bugged with you when you tell them, you, you, you'll, you'll coach them, small group leaders. You'll say, just, just go pray about it. And they'll look at you and they'll say, oh, don't give me a religious answer. And all you know deep in your heart is you haven't prayed about it right? Because you're not giving the religious answer. You're giving the kingdom answer. You're giving the answer that transforms on the inside. So there's people that go through chaos. There's people that prayed at our Wednesday night prayer meeting that are in the middle of difficulty and hardship. And yet they have peace in their soul because they've prayed. And there's other people going through not nearly as difficult circumstances and they have no peace and they're mad at everybody. But if you'll go and you'll just go, God, I come before you. You'll be surprised that God will work inside of you. My mom tells this story about, um, my parents had the shock of their lives in 1976 when they accidentally had triplets. Um, And so, but my mom had spent seven years praying and asking God for children. And so she tells the story about asking, asking, much like Hannah, asking God. And she got to a moment where she, in her Bible, was reading Isaiah chapter 54, where it says, sing, O barren woman. Soon you will be bursting at the seams. How prophetic did that turn out to be? And she wrote in her Bible the date and circled it, just like we talked about last week. So I'm not talking about writing in journals or writing in Bibles as the only way to go. I'm just talking to you about a part of what has been kind of a part of our family heritage. But she dated it. She She called her mom, my grandmother, and said, I read this verse, Isaiah 54, feel like this is a promise. And she said to the Lord, God, I know that you love me. And if I never have children, I trust you. But she kept praying, Isaiah 54. So she had the peace and kept in persistent prayer. And then, <laughs> then had the shock of her life. Where suddenly God, not just a double blessing, like a triple blessing, right? Like, I don't know. She might not say it's a blessing, but no, she's kidding. She does. And here's what I want to invite you to. I want to invite you that the substance, the content of prayer, that relationship with God, it is not a homework, check the box, just got to do that Devo and prove to God or somebody that I like him. And no, no, no. Take, pour out, pour out your soul to God. Get, get really close. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm asking for. And if you don't, if, let's say if you go, <laughs> I think everything in my life is going well, I'm good. Well, then enter into community and become an intercessor and crowd to God for all the needs around you. There's a lot of anguish in our community. There's a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. And sometimes you'll see the people that don't just pray in their own, for their own things, but they'll less. He's just circling radio. He's got his own church up there in Omaha but he's just decided to carry the burden and pray with us and believe God for the miracle building that God's going to give us. And he just keeps praying. That could be you.
In fact, that's one of the things that we ask all of our small group leaders to do. We ask our small group leaders to pray for each person in their group. Just pray. Write their name down. Circle that name. Pray, 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 pray. And just God be at work in their life. I love the way that if you look at how this ends, it's, it's, you can feel Hannah's faith and her gratitude. Because at the end, she names him Samuel. Let's just read this and we'll close here. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. Remember at the beginning, that's what she was praying for. She was remembering the Lord. The Lord remembers her. And so in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel because I asked the Lord for him. Samuel, L, is Hebrew for God. S-A-M-U, Samuel, is I asked. So she named the boy, I asked God. So even after the miracle baby was born for her, that would become a Nazarite that would serve in the temple, that then Samuel, just imagine if your name is I asked God. You go to village, any kind of education, serve in the temple, have friends, and your name is, I asked God. Here's Hannah. Never forget. This is what the Lord did. I'm going to name him. I'm going to mark it. I wonder how many miracles are available to the asking church that we never see because we don't ask. James 4.2, we don't have because we don't ask. I just wonder, but I wonder if in our history, if every time, every time that we see God work, say it, spray it, sing it, post it, look what the Lord has done because we asked. Now, I just want to invite you to ask God for what matters for eternity. I want to invite you as we go into September 18th, to get out of just caring about all the things in your world, which your world's a big deal. But I want to invite you to just actually care about people that you know, that don't know Jesus. And start to ask God. And I'm just telling you, there'll be a moment, a year, five years, 10 years. If you look at that person, They kneel before God, give their lives, make Jesus Lord of their life. I just wonder if you won't have the moment where you say, I ask God. I just wonder if you won't have the moment where you go, God did, and I asked. He's God. He's he's the Lord of all. But I was faithful to pour out my soul, pour out my heart. So next time, that you find yourself filled with pain and anguish and people bug you and family hurt you and friends let you down and coworkers annoy you. Here's what the people of God do. It's not that we pray only, but we always pray first. We always pray first. And you'll watch the transformation of your soul, your action 
instead of being out of your flesh, will be led by the Holy Spirit. And if your first step is to pray, your second step will look like the kingdom instead of like you. Let's stand, let's pray together. Father, we're asking for miracles. God at work. We're asking you to do it in our house, in our families, in our city. Would you just take a second and would you just pour out your soul to the Lord? Just Maybe it's just one thing, but God, here's my barrenness. Would you step in and where it looks like barren, difficult, would you do a miracle in that space? Now, would you just take a moment? Would you pray for one person that you know that doesn't know the Lord? Or maybe they're a prodigal. Would you just pray a proper name? Not just like, God, I pray for all the lost people. No, if you could just, one person that you know that needs Jesus. Would you just pray for them by name? Now, will you just give God your yes? God, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. If you're here today and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you want to repent from being king or Lord or boss of your own life and make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to invite you to begin the journey by praying this prayer. It's not because of what you do. It's because of what he did on the cross for you. But he died on the cross, rose from the dead, And he, in so doing, has created a way for you to have relationship with him and to be in right standing with God, which is the greatest gift ever given. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. If you'd like to receive that free gift of salvation, I want to invite you. Would you just just give your life Say, God, I give my life to you. Save me. Make me a new person. Change me. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Ray Church said amen. Amen. Let's give King Jesus a shout out. Can we do that, everybody? Yeah. Hey, if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, there is that connection card on your seat. You can either fill that out or there's also a place where you can take out the camera on your phone and use the QR code to let us know that you made that decision to follow Jesus. We wanna help you be resourced. We've got Bibles up here. You could come up here in just a moment and receive one. If you wanted to, in just a moment, we're gonna have the prayer team up here and you could come on up here and just let somebody know that you made a decision to follow Jesus. But we're so excited about that decision. It's the best decision you could ever make. I'd like to invite the prayer team to come forward as we pray over our tithes and offerings. And if you'd like prayer for any reason, even as we sing this last song, I'd like to invite you to come on up here and let them pray over you. 
I think it'd be significant for some of you to come up and just say, hey, here's the anguish in my soul that I want to pray about. And you could even let them pray for you. Some of these people up here have been praying a long time. They're, they, they, they would, it's, it's the delight. They, they're the prayer team. The way that they're called is to be stand in prayer. You're not going to surprise them. You could be seated in the back row thinking I would never tell them what I've done. I could never tell somebody. Well, I want to invite you. Come all the way to the front and just let some of these people, whether they're whatever age they are, just let them pray for you. Let there be a spiritual father or mother that just looks at you and prays for you, stands in the gap, believes with you for God to be at work in the midst of your circumstance. Father, we ask in Jesus' name, God, would you take what we give? Everything belongs to you. It's all yours. And God, whatever you bless this house with, God, we give it all back to you. Everything that we have is yours. We're 100% yours. Our marriages, 100% yours. Our families, 100% yours. Dollars, 100% yours. Our time, 100%. We're 100% church. Belongs to you, God. We give you everything. We love you. God, be at work in our church. Be at work in our lives. Be at work in Kansas City. Use us, Lord Jesus, to be your light here. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name.